When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire power, saved during the big holiday sale on now. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. It's Wednesday. Good morning. Happy hump day. Good to have you on board this morning. Text line fired up, ready to go. Jump on in. 0427154166. Hump day specialist does his best work on a Wednesday. Adam Kearney. Good morning to you, Kearns. Yes, good morning to you, Hazy. Hump day. Well, we're actually over the hump for you and I because we don't... Well, I... Don't work Friday. You do a little bit of sport for Channel Seven, but we're uh, we're over the hump in terms of Radio Land. Oh yeah, we're sniffing out the weekend already. So this is oh, effectively our Thursday, as we get ready for our Friday tomorrow, which is actually Thursday. Does that make sense? C- correct. Yeah. yeah, and then tomorrow is the the, the prelude to to Sunday before the Saturday after that. <laughs> correct. So, I mean, it's all happening. I'm looking forward to it. Another day of solid weather, 32 degrees, although. It will start raining and there's a possible thunderstorm in the afternoon, but oh, you should see me, Coons. You'd be very, very happy. He put down a really nice base yesterday, 33 degrees. <laughs> it did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got children now and they're running around everywhere, so I kept the undies on, but jumped in the backyard and did a bit of gardening. Um, shirtless, pretty much pantsless, and um, yeah, let's just say the base is looking pretty solid and we'll work from there, but you've got to lay a solid foundation and that's what we've done. Well, I'm happy for you and your gorgeous little olive complexion that you've got going at the, on at the moment. I cannot do that, unfortunately. Whenever I go overseas in the Dale, she gets a nice little base as well. She likes to sit in the sun and like a lizard on a rock. But I can't do it. I'm five minutes each side and I'm cooked. That's it. I've got to get out of the sun and under an umbrella. So I've never really understood the fascination with tanning, people wanting to be out in the sun for an extended period of time because I go... Hot, I go red, I peel, I freckle, and then I go back white again. That's the process of, of me being out in the sun. So, And it's boring too. Mm. Tanning is one of those boring things and they always lie there. Yeah, you would say that, you big ghost. Have a look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if you there's nothing healthy about a tan, they say. No, Skin cells right. in trauma. That's right. But what if you keep going to the stage where um, if you keep on freckling up, all those freckles join up together and then you look pretty solid? What about That'd that? That would be pretty... Uh, I'd be very tanned if that was the case. I'd probably be unhealthy and there'd be a few melanomas in there, but as long as I look good. No, of course. Uh, we like to um, jump in the sun responsibly, use uh, suntan lotion and refoil and all those sorts of things. So, okay. Is refoil uh, sun protective? No, no. It's like you're basically cooking. So if you use refoil, you're really asking for it. I don't think I've ever put refoil on myself. Anyway, apart from the fact that you're putting oil on your skin, that feels disgusting. But basically, you're cooking yourself. You're accelerating the sun. You wouldn't do that. Don't do that. But, 
But don't they have a an SPF rating in the reef oil these days? I think it's like putting on a, an extra filter on a cigarette. That's what it's probably the equivalent. Oh, of. okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that that makes a lot more sense then. So, if the sun comes out in Victoria at any stage over summer, you're, you're suggesting I don't put reef oil on. <laughs> sit out there for 15 or 20 minutes well judging by the fact it sounds like that if you jump in that 33 degree sun yesterday you'd absolutely start sizzling away inside two or three minutes no i wouldn't try and accelerate the process okay mm. all right well I'll, I'll just stay out of the sun and you can get your nice little base tan and look cute and i'll just be white and freckly <laughs> leave it to me and Haley. we'll do all the tanning for you yeah Fair enough. Oh, big show coming up as well. We're going to speak to Brett Maher, of course, Adelaide 36's absolute legend, and of course, part of the SEN stable, Bungie and the Breadster. Sundays from 9.30 right here on SENSA. Um, he's going to speak about Craig Randall. Huge news yesterday, which we didn't want to say anything because we were uh, we got told not to say too much on behalf of the 36's. But mm. um, look, it's a big time sacking for the... Um, competition's leading points to score. He's an absolute gun, let's be honest. But off court, plenty of issues. That's what we know. And no doubt Brett Maher will have a bit more of an insight and some strong opinions on this. Yes, he wasn't a great teammate. And it took every ounce of me not to ask DJ about it yesterday. Um, we sort of tried to dance around it a little bit uh, and ask him sort of a couple of questions. And he was pretty um, straight bat with some of his answers, but he knew, we knew, everybody knew, no one said anything mm. until the until the uh, the press release and and CJ yesterday. So yeah, uh, he's an unbelievable basketballer, but yeah, not a great professional and uh, not a good look when you're arguing with your coach and and walking off and he's trying to speak to you. And I think he's a bit of a hothead as well. So yeah, not ideal because he's a huge talent. Yes, uh, and look, the murmurs were coming through the last sort of couple of weeks that there were some internal issues. Um, I like this. It's a bit of a, a statement move as well from CJ Bruton saying, look, we're not going to accept players who aren't on board with the whole team aspect because, look, they, I mean, they showed the other night against Illawarra that they, their talent is deep. Robert Franks is on fire. He's a gun. And Tony's Cleveland. And DJ can still put up really, really big, solid numbers. And Mitch McCarron is a solid pass-first type operator. So he's yep. like it's all there. And in the defensive end, Sunday Detch is as good as anyone in the league. The talent is absolutely there. So I, I just sort of feel like this could be actually a good move from a basketball point of view in the short term as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we do start seeing some more consistency. Yeah, well, they're going to lose a highly talented individual, but it might be to the advantage of the team. Uh, whereas Sunday, Detch more minutes, Kai Soto more minutes, DJ, we saw what he did um, the other night against Illawarra when, when Randall wasn't there. So this, uh, whilst it, it stings in the short term, could be long-term gain for the Adelaide 36ers, and hopefully they can get their game going again now. Mm, so um, I can't confirm this as well, but uh, the new import will be Kyrie Irving. <laughs> just to give the boys a bit of stability oh, off court, you know. Yes, that's what they need. We need a, they need a stable leader, someone who's just going to be a team first operator, and Kyrie is that mm. man. They're also uh, he's going to play for free as well, Kyrie. Yep, um, and... doesn't play basketball as well, but they're going to get Antonio Brown in as well. Yep, nice, nice. Mm. Uh, head of culture, OJ Simpson. <laughs> that's culture and right people to, right to the top, isn't it? Yep. Head of culture, O.J. Simpson. Oh, my gosh. You just, 
you just took that about 300 steps above, didn't you? We were just sort of <laughs> dancing and tickling on, on some things that might be just a little bit on the side of humour, and you just were right to the top shelf. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I just thought of who, who was, who's possibly the worst person uh, that I could think of in terms of culture. There he is. Um, Jeff, Jeffrey Dahmer, unfortunately not with us anymore, so uh, OJ Simpson's the next best. Okay, there you go. Um, all right, uh, also coming up on the show, we'll speak to Michelangelo Rucci. We'll do that just after 7 o'clock. Um, we're going to speak to Deandra Dotton from the Adelaide Strikers and the WBBL and Matty Doldig from the Sample. So a really big show. Stick around. Uh, looking forward to getting stuck into it. Some good news yesterday as well. Well, I mean, like we said to uh, Mark Milligan, if it didn't happen, then there'd be riots across the streets of Adelaide. And uh, they've got this brand new refurbished Cooper Stadium. The fans would have torn it down if Craig Gooden mm. wasn't named in Socceroos yesterday. So thankfully uh, and rightfully, he was named. He was, and the big story to come out of this, I think, well, the most amusing story that I found was that Graham Arnold left out his own son-in-law. He's left him, left him out of the Socceroos squad, Trent Sainsbury, who I think he's played about sort of 50, 60 games for, for the Socceroos over an illustrious career, has been left out of the squad by the father-in-law. So could be a bit frosty at the Christmas lunch this year. There you go. I did not know that he was his son-in-law. Mm. Interesting. Well, he's not not anymore. No, not anymore. Yeah, that's, um, that is very... Okay, that's not how you win over the son-in-law, and that does create somewhat of a bit of friction, I would have thought. Trent Sainz is a very good player, too. Well, he is a very good player, and also the World Cup is in Qatar, which is where he's playing at the moment, so yep. he doesn't have to adjust to the conditions because he's already there. I don't think he's getting a lot of minutes. I think that might be the reason as to why he's been left out of the squad, but still, it'll be a bit upsetting uh, telling the telling your, your daughter that you're going to leave uh, her husband out of the Socceroos squad for a World Cup coming up, so that yes. uh, will probably be, mean the end of his Socceroos career as well, so... Ooh, a little bit of making up to do post-World Cup mm. for Graham Arnold. Very interesting. 58 caps for the Socceroos. Uh, Trent Sainsbury. Uh, the other one as well, Tommy Rogic, who didn't make the squad. So if you've seen the squad, your thoughts on it, 0427154166. Importantly, though, and it would have been a shock if he wasn't, Craig Woodwin is in there. Uh, and the other thing we'll talk about this morning as well is the ODI squad. Our boy Travis Head. Good to see Travis Head just in and involved um, in anything white ball because... It wasn't strange, but that's kind of what put uh, Travis Head on the map. Was his mm. white ball? He was a specialist. He was a, you know, a quick run scorer, uh, and then got himself into the Test side and became an absolute staple. Yet couldn't get himself back into the ODI setup. So now he's in there. Alex Carey doing a good job as well. So things are looking up. Things are looking up, Coons, for our boys. Absolutely, and good to see those two lads in the squad. So hopefully they do um, cement them themselves in the in the lineup go on to bigger and better things and then forge out those te test careers, which is uh, coming up as well. So we've got the, the 50 over um, the one day is coming up soon. And then the, I think tests start reasonably soon after that too. So, And that is what we love, test cricket. Mm, we certainly do. Yeah, next week against England, looking forward to that. Uh, what's with Adelaide and its obsession with stealing giant um, costumes? <laughs> the Smurf con, giant Smurf costume. <laughs> oh my goodness! So this emerged over the weekend. The owner of a giant blue Smurf costume has begged a thief to return his beloved party mascot, suspecting the outlandish robbery was an opportunistic crime. They always are. 
every time you chew, every time you steal a giant costume from somewhere. It's usually alcohol related, I would have thought, but uh, it's just an opportunistic situation where you go, wow, I reckon I could wear that somewhere and be really cool. The problem is yeah. when you steal some of these things, um, you're standing out so much that people know that um, originally you committed a crime to get that costume. That's when you start to put yourself in a category you go, well, is it worth stealing? It's a 2.7 metre high costume which belongs to touring theme party organisers, the big party. It was last seen backstage after a performance with 3,000 people at an 80s-themed party at Richard's Hamilton Wines in McLaren Vale on Saturday. So Adelaide's obviously gaining reputation as a costume theme hotspot after a travelling circus. A $160,000 Big Bird outfit was stolen by the self-named Big Bird Bandits, who thought they'd get famous from it. They kind of did for five minutes, who left a note of apology when they returned it, but were later charged, made the most stylish court appearance in years, and escaped without a conviction. Um, so the message here is if you've got any sort of costume, you look good at all, and it's some kind of novelty costume, don't turn up in Adelaide because it'll get stolen. It'll get stolen right off your bat. We love it yes. around here. We love a dress-up party. Someone's got a sick obsession with uh, giant costumes, and they've got them at home. So if you – then there's – well, there's a lot of different Smurfs, isn't there? We've got Papa Smurf. There's mm. Smurfette. You've got Grouchy. Uh, jokey, clumsy Smurf, and now, as you said, it's alcohol-related, so there's going to be, what, intoxicated Smurf next. Mm. Well, Sam Booker Smurf. Sam Booker Smurf. He's the really, really smells awful. like that. He's the one a... you got to look out for. Oh, tell you what, he's erratic. He's really, really erratic. Awful. He's just got this kind of musky licorice scent to him as well. It's 2.7 just... metres high. Like, it's, yeah, it's you're not it's getting away with it. No one's getting away with it. You're not just going to seamlessly slot into a costume party. You're standing out like dogs. You know what? Well, and it would have had to have gone in the in the back of a van too to get it going. So, um, yeah, if if anyone does see um, Sam Booker Smurf, uh, report it immediately. <laughs> report and it. Hopefully, the, the owner can Don't. be reunited with this giant Smurf outfit and whatever they want to do with it. If they're into sort of uh, kinky costume stuff, that's fine. That's up to them. But just give it back, please. Yeah, and do not talk to Sam Booker Smurf. It could be very, <laughs> very confusing and could be a little bit dangerous. That's all right. Stay away from Sam Booker Smurf. Particularly third-day Sam Booker Smurf. Yeah. Really yeah, erratic he's stuff. Of, he's one of the worst. Well, although Ben Cousins Smurf, he used to say that day three was better than day two. <laughs> Also, day four was better than day three. Also, if you can, avoid Ben Cousin Smurf. <laughs> yeah. Especially on day five. You don't want to hang out with Ben Cousin Smurf. Yeah. Uh, this text, CJ, there's no Iron Team, Randall, but there's five in individual brilliance. That's from Nathan oh. Salisbury North. Very nice. That's good stuff. But uh, unfortunately, stuff. it just was upsetting the routine of the team. Mm. I wonder where two for Craig Randall right now. Tough for a bloke in a situation like that where you haven't quite cracked the NBA. Uh, but you are very, very talented, yet clearly now there's a reputation for someone who isn't quite a team player. It's a, not a good spot for a young man to be in. Maybe head over to Europe, get some good cash over there and try and work out where the where the future lies for, for Craig and maybe a little bit of self-reflection on the plane. Bit of self-reflection. Okay, there you go. We'll see what happens there. But watch this space because uh, yeah, there is going to be another roster spot for an import. Is it too late to get someone on the books? Do they need someone else? Um, all these questions we'll put to Brett Maher very, very soon. He's going to join us at 6.30.
Um, all right, keep the text coming through as well, 0427-154-166. Doing it thanks to Weeks as well. Discover a better way to build weeks homes. Discover different. 32 degrees across Adelaide today. There'll be some showers and a possible storm a little bit later on. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Text line busy 0427 154 166. Get involved this morning. Yes. Little Smurf theme for you there, Adam Cooney. Gorgeous little theme, that. Yes, that brings back some memories as well. Some of the Smurfs you mentioned. Grouchy Smurf. Popper yes. Smurf, Brainy Smurf, Smurfette, Clumsy Smurf. Um, there's Greedy Smurf, which is you. There's beautifully uh, bronzed-based <laughs> Smurf. That's me. <laughs> there's uh, Individual Smurf, which is Craig Randall. <laughs> there's Selfish Smurf, Craig Randall. There's uh, Hungover Smurf, which was me after the um, mm-hmm. Melbourne Cup last week. There's Doyen Smurf, which is Roach. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's... Uh, what is there? There's Selfish Smurf, which is you, leaving soon. Hang on. I thought Craig Randall was already Selfish Smurf. We can't both be Selfish Smurf. No, he's Individual Smurf. You're Selfish Smurf. <laughs> All right. And individual. you should be Greedy Smurf as well. No, and there's only one Greedy Smurf. You Ship Jumper Smurf. <laughs> there's only, there's only the original Greedy Smurf. He's an exceptionally gluttonous Smurf. He has an exceptional interest in eating cakes and other pastry. Greedy That's usually right. cannot seem to help himself. And he's often chased by Chef Smurf for stealing snacks and food. That's not me. Come on. Okay. Yeah, right. You can be uh, yeah, ship jumper Smurf then. And I'll be hold down the fort Smurf. Okay. Be mean. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Um, <laughs> okay. I've got, I've got some, I've got some gardening got some to do Monday, to. actually. I do. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. All right. Text line 0427 uh, can give us a call as well up until 8.31, 736 736. Uh, now, Greedy Smurf, I know that you're very much in the mix when it comes to snacking. Am mm. I right in I saying that? I do enjoy a snack, yes. What about this? Um, snack enthusiasts absolutely up in arms about a popular candy bar which has been scrapped uh, a popular bar has been permanently removed from supermarket shelves, leaving fans of the treat furious. Now, if you even knew that this still existed, good on you. Cadbury-owned company Europe confirmed that the Sesame Bar has been scrapped. Remember the Sesame Bar? Mm. I do remember the Sesame Bar. It's like a uh, sort of a softish nougat-type setup, isn't Correct. it? Like a caramelly uh, thing, obviously, with the sesame seeds in it. I, I quite enjoyed a Sesame Bar about 15 years ago. Yes, it was an old-school sort of lunchbox-type snack. So like many manufacturers, this was uh, from uh, a spokesperson from um, Europe, said, like many manufacturers, we regularly review our product range to ensure we're delighting Aussies with the best-tasting snacks. Enduring favourites and investing in new technology and manufacturing capabilities to produce exciting new innovations. The decision was made recently to discontinue the 45 gram Europe Sesame Bar. So you also get the um, Summer Roll from Europe. So they're quite good. And also the Honey Nougat Log. They'll continue. So don't you worry about that. You'll be able to snack on them for days. 
Well, they've got the chocolatey goodness coated around the outside too, which is probably what the sesame bar is was lacking, and hence the reason for its discontinuation. Mm. Uh, this was posted on TikTok, and a lot of people got involved, a lot of people supporting or upset that it's discontinuing. One person wrote, no, I live off these. Another one said, this is a travesty, highlight of my primary school lunch order. Another person said, no, these slap. I'm so mad. <laughs> these are always in my work bad, which is interesting because... Anyone who uses the terms these slap to describe something mm. that's good usually isn't employed, but here we go. This person is. Yeah, well, maybe they've uh, they've got the munchies. Maybe that's why they're saying that it slaps so bad. Um, it's a bit... Yeah, well, um, the last time I ate a sesame bar was probably in either primary school or high school. So um, there's certainly other more tasty options. I'm glad that the, the honey nougat is still yes. available because that does slap. It does slap. And the honey nougat log actually speaks very highly of you as well. So yep. that makes sense. It's a solid relationship you guys have got. Great relationship. <laughs> really good relationship. Um, all right, doing it this morning, thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. We're going to catch up with Brett Maher very soon. Of course, 36 is a legend and SENSA's very own. We're going to speak all things Craig Randall. Top of 32 across Adelaide today. The news isn't too far away. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Yeah, get involved by the text line this morning, 0427-154-166. And of course, Ken gives a call all the way up until 8.30, 736 736 Really big show coming up. We're going to speak to Michelangelo Rucci. He's not too far away. DeAndre Dotton from the Adelaide 30 Strikers. Uh, we're going to catch up with Matty Doldig from the Sample to talk all things local footy. Uh, coming up next, though, we will speak to Brett Maher, who's going to take us through the big uh, decision yesterday or the big parting of ways between Craig Randall and the Adelaide 36ers. Um, obviously, it's an interesting situation when a star player leaves the coup, but um, for good reason. So you would have seen... Bits and pieces across your football journey journey when the star player leaves from the Western Bulldogs to um, Essendon, Coons, because of difficulties with teammates. But, um, yeah, it happens. <laughs> it wasn't too much uh, difficulty with teammates. It was more difficulty with a coach who okay. didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, that helps, doesn't it? I think Craig Randall finds himself in a similar situation as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're both uh, on a plane to Europe. <laughs> All right, we're going to speak to Brett Maher next. Here's the news. Ian Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than that They were powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. And a big shout-out to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. Big news coming out of 36er land yesterday. They're part of ways with Craig Randall II. Um, so we were hearing some murmurs over the last sort of few weeks as well, Coons, that there was a few things happening behind the scenes off court that uh, wasn't good in terms of team dynamics. Uh, and now it has all come out, so it wasn't overly surprising. Well, I think we heard the rumours behind the scenes. We also saw visually um, the arguments between coach and player, which never looks good when you're watching it on on TV or live. And um, yeah, you, we sort of knew that uh, something wasn't quite right with Randall, coach, and also teammates. Mm, time now to talk to someone who knows all about team dynamics. One of the greatest to ever pull on an NBL Guernsey, let alone suit up for the 36ers. A uh, Sixers icon, and I like to say as well, SCNSA's very own. It's Brett Maher. Maher, good morning to you, mate. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, geez, uh, big stuff happening at the 36ers, to say the least. 
Yeah, really big news coming out. I think um, if they were going to do it, now's the perfect time uh, to release anyone. I'll be surprised if he's not the only one around the NBL to go. I know there was probably a few other imports that were maybe just hanging on to their jobs or not. So, um, as you guys mentioned in the lead-in, um, yeah, there was definitely some visual signs at games and murmurs coming out of trainings that things weren't 100%. So... It's not a, a massive surprise, but someone of his calibre um, and what he was able to do in that game in Phoenix and in some of the games here, um, he can certainly pile on a lot of points. And um, for me, it was an exciting player to watch. Um, when you've got someone of that kind of Steph Curry range, then um, they're always exciting. So, mate, is, is this a? How would you describe this move from the 36s? Because, uh, for what it's worth, I've looked at a lot of the comments on social media and people saying, you know, you've got to make it work with someone this talented. Is it a good, solid move from the 36s on your behalf? Well, I don't think I don't think that's right. I think if it, if it's messing with the chemistry of the team, uh, the team's overall goal is obviously to be successful, and anyone knows in business or sport if. If someone's not really rowing in the same direction as everyone else, then it can really affect uh, how well that team goes, no matter how talented the player or team is. So if they were having some um, serious connection issues, then I think it's definitely the right move. Um, And now it's probably the decision of when do they put a replacement in. I thought I really liked the look of the team. The Two games ago when they played in Illawarra, when... Craig Randall wasn't there. Uh, their ball movement was excellent. You got really good production out of DJ, which is key, uh, and Robert Frankson. Also got guys like Sunday Detch, uh, Anthony Drimmick, Kai Soto into the rotation a little bit more, which I think has been uh, at times a little bit lacking as well. So I thought that'll look really good. So I reckon they'll have a fair bit of time to be able to just sit down, work with that group, and and eventually bring in a replacement towards the latter half of the season uh, and make a really hard charge for the finals. So, yeah, you mentioned, Murray, that you like the look of, uh, of the side with, with Craig Randall not there. You think it can be really productive. But is it, is it early in the season to, to pull the trigger on, on such a talented import? Or would you have made the same decision or would you have worked longer to try and get him into that team environment? Because, if, I mean, if it did click, it's one of the more talented rosters that we've seen certainly for the 36ers, but in the NBL for a long time. And um, could it hurt them down the track? Well, possibly. I mean, a lot of people have been saying, oh, this is the most talented three imports that they've ever seen together in one team. And um, potentially it is. But, yeah, I I don't think it's too early. I think um, they've had a fair bit of time as far as pre-season, going over to America, uh, coming back. Uh, They've played, uh, what are they now, seven games in, so um, I think they would have seen a lot of signs as to where it was heading, and yeah, if those signs aren't right, I, I think it's a really good time to make that call, because it does give you plenty of time to find a replacement and uh, and get them in and get them settled, and there's some pretty good players at this time of year out and about and on the market, a lot has been said about Jalen Adams, who was the MVP of the league last year, that played at Sydney. Uh, he's available. Kyrie Irving's available. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> going to be uh, all that time soon. So, um, yeah, there's always great players that pop up. So I, I think um, we'll be able to get someone to replace him. But 
Um, yeah, he's certainly a, a huge talent, though. So it's a similar type, uh, like-for-like player, that uh, an import, um, that is going to replace Craig Randall, in your opinion? Well, I'm not sure, really. I was thinking about this um, last night, and uh, I, I really think uh, if we bring in a point guard, then that really stifles Mitch McCarron and a couple of the other guys can slot into that spot as well. I would rather see someone that's kind of a combo guard that can play a little bit of one, but um, mainly plays in the two. Because at times we still need scoring. Um, I think that sort of player would fit well. To get big four men um, power forwards, they're, they're typically difficult to get really good ones and, and normally cost a lot more, whereas there's obviously a lot more of those smaller off-guards floating around. Um, so I would think that's the sort of player they'll look at, but uh, I honestly haven't spoken to CJ about that. So be interesting to see what they're thinking. Is this, is this an unusual situation? or How often does stuff like this happen, maybe even sort of behind the scenes, where we don't know about it as much because it isn't someone as talented as Craig Randall? Like, is, there, is it unusual to have issues with imports? I think that happens all the time. Um, and that's the thing. It's such a high-pressure environment, especially for the imports. So I, I feel sorry for them at times because um, anytime anything goes wrong, they're the first ones to get scrutinised and looked at. And, um, yeah, typically they are on a little bit more money and, uh, and that as well. But uh, it's a really tough lifestyle to be an import in... Uh, in the NBL or in any league, I, I went and played uh, in Europe as an import, and uh, I know what it's like. It, it's pretty tough, and um, especially when you you don't have your family surrounds typically, and uh, it's an alien environment. Um, it is very tough for those guys. So um, yeah, I feel for them. So we we can't blame the 36ers' form purely on one man. What have you noticed in the first sort of month of the season? Obviously, a hugely successful trip in the US. Maybe a touch jet lag when they got back. Uh, what what have you noticed about their side that isn't clicking at the moment? I think that's a really good point um, because yeah, a lot of people have, will just label it and and make Craig Randall the scapegoat, but. There's a lot of guys that have been very up and down in their form. I think defensively, uh, and even speaking with CJ and the coaching staff about this, they know they've got a lot to do at the defensive end to make them competitive. Um, they need to try and get the intensity and their rotations as good as teams that are really clicking at the moment, like New Zealand and Tasmania are playing some really, really good basketball and good-to-watch basketball. Um, and at the offensive end as well, they're... They've got to get the ball through hands a lot more, get more people involved. You go, you look at someone like Daniel Johnson, who's been our leading scorer for the last decade, pretty much, and he has 28 points one game, and then he has four shots and two or four points the next game. It's really up and down. There's not a lot of consistency uh, at times. The offense looks really stagnant. Not a lot of ball movement, not a lot of player movement. So... Uh, the good thing is they've got a lot to work on and a lot of upside, and, and we all know how much talent they've got. So I think, um, yeah, they're, they're in really good shape. And, uh, yeah, I think for the rest of the season, they, it's all up. Would you go as far as saying that they're disgracing the signature, the famous signature on the Brett Maher court at the moment? <laughs> uh, not really. What, what I found really... 
this season, and it hasn't happened before, is that not only the 36ers, but all teams are really struggling to win at home. And as we know, to make uh, most teams um, well-supported, you normally have to be winning because everyone loves a winner. You get more people coming to games. And, um, yeah, it's been unbelievable to me. I think it's partially to do with COVID and teams are used to to travelling. And there's also been such a turnover of players at teams. I don't think they've had a lot of teams have had a lot of time to build that hometown feel and, and get that hometown um, uh, fortress that they a lot of teams typically have had at home. And, um, yeah, I'd really like to see Adelaide string some really good games together at home. And in saying that, we've had some great crowds as well. We just had our biggest ever home crowd for a 36ers game at 9,071 at the last game. So... Uh, yeah, I'd really encourage people to get out because this team is um, fun to watch and uh, I think they'll just keep getting better. Mate, you, you played in an era where the NBL was just so big and so strong and you guys were so successful and then there probably was a lull patch before it's made this big comeback. How does it make you feel when, I know you were working uh, on the weekend, but when you are um, on court level and there's over 9,000 people there just to show how strong it is right now in the city? Yeah, it is, and it's a bit frustrating because you can see the fans waiting to get excited and explode and get the team over the line, and at the moment, we just haven't been able to string those really big, long patches together to get them as involved as what we'd like to see, but, um, yeah, I think uh, the team's plugging away, and um, as I've said, I think this is a, a really talented team and a good team, and I think we'll we'll go into the playoffs and, and do pretty well, and what we all want is a championship. We haven't had one here since 2002. So um, whatever we can do to do that, um, yeah, I think uh, it'll be good to see. So who's your pick at the moment? Who's the, the most informed side you think uh, is the team to beat? New Zealand, Melbourne, United, Perth, a really slow start, which was a bit of a surprise. Uh, yeah, Perth have been really slow. Um, we seem to work teams into form. Uh, we've got Perth a win and uh, got Tassie a win early in the season they've gone on, I love the way that Tassie play, I don't think on paper I think they're probably middle of the road uh, as far as talent but Scott Roth, the coach of Tasmania has got them playing so well um, but yeah my, my two tips at the moment would probably be New Zealand and Sydney uh, they're the teams that are playing the best basketball at the moment and uh, I think they're the two teams uh, to really look out for Buzzy, thanks so much for your time this morning, mate. So we'll be tuning in for Bungie and the Bretts at 9.30 on Sunday. But uh, we appreciate it. And um, we'll speak to you again really soon, hopefully. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'll be on Sports Day Saturday tonight. So I'll, uh, I'll try and cover a bit more of it for people that are tuning in later today. Beautiful. Outstanding stuff. Brett Maher, SCNSA's very own. You can hear him absolutely everywhere. Just really starting to plant the seed, this media seed. You can hear his voice pop up more and more. And it's a bloody good thing. Yes, and it's a positive voice, isn't it? He's always up and about. And it's you know, so early too, 6.30. He was uh, very chipper. So uh, thank you for that. Doesn't sleep Brett at Star. all. Um, Brunge in the Bread Star, 9.30 Sunday, SENSA. Big show still to come as well. We're going to speak to Michelangelo Rucci very, very soon. Uh, keep those texts coming in. 0427 154 166, powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning for a top of 32 degrees. 
Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than that man. Hey, good morning to you. Powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. You can get involved via the text line 0427 Adam Cooney's in. He's uh, showed some very strong f- form in the early parts of this show. And no doubt from here, it's just going to progress more and more. So we appreciate his time this morning. Um, Coons, let's talk some sport in the form of the Socceroos. The final 26-man squad has been announced. There's been a few little surprises. The admissions of Mitch Langerak, defender Trent Sainsbury, Sainsbury rather, and veteran striker Adam Taggart, as well as Tommy Rogic. Rogic gosh, goodness gracious me, I'll get these names. They're all surprises. And they're basic <laughs> names too, like Steve Smith. Oh, I mean Steve Smith. Um, they were all surprises by youngsters. Uh, Garang Kyol, Colt Hero, Jason Cummings, and midfielder Keanu Bacchus were all included. Now, all we really care about is Craig Goodwin, and he was absolutely in. So it's a nice little coup for Goodwin. And saying that, it would have been a massive surprise if he wasn't. His form has been beautiful. Oh, yeah. He's been the standout player of the A-League so far, in my humble opinion. Do mm. you think that he is in the starting 11 for Game 1 against France? I think he's in the starting 11 for game one uh, against France, which, of course, November 22, that's in Group D. And I think that because I saw a little tweet last night. It was Daniel Garb. Uh, of course, Daniel Garb, long-time journo for Fox Sports, knows a lot about the world game. He had his starting 11, and one of the comments was from Robbie Cornthwaite. Robbie Cornthwaite mm. said, Craig Goodwin starts. So yes. that's good enough for me. If Cornthwaite says it's in, then he's in, then I guess he's in. Oh, you know what? No, we should have done. We should have got Robbie on the phone this morning for a quick interview to yeah. to talk about the, the Socceroo squad. He's asleep, the big fella. Oh, we did reach out, actually, to Robbie. <laughs> and he said, uh, declined our invitation because he was uh, having a little sleep in this morning. No, he come had on, some, he had on, some stuff last night, actually. I think he was doing some sort of beers. work late last night. Yeah, some, some Tuesday night bevs. Um, so he was unavailable this morning. But, um, yeah, I've got him in the starting 11 purely based on that. Have you got him in there? Well, if it's good enough for Robbie, it's good enough for me, but he's going to be battling it out with uh, Leckie, I think, for that front position. Mm, there you go. Well, who is your starting 11? <laughs> well, I've got, uh, I think Matt Ryan will be the goalie. I've yeah, got, got then that. I've got four at the back. I've got Atkinson, Wright, Rouse, and maybe uh, Azich Beach. Uh, Moy and Irvine is my midfielders. Uh, Rustic. And then I've got Boyle, Duke, and either Leckie or Craig Goodwin. You happy with that? Are you, are you a gift? Are you a gift from the sports gods? What's going on sometimes? So just so you know, Adam Cooney's got this larrikin personality, but then when you really quiz him about things, he just absolutely shines. Just another example, just then. Just off the top of your head, you're starting 11, you're straying starting 11. Any disagreements with that as well? 0427 154 166. I dare say SCNSA should make make that into some sort of little graphic and put that on social media. Yeah, I believe, yes. Our, our SEN uh, football world game expert, Adam Cooney, has picked his starting 11 for the Socceroos game one of the World Cup. Oh, outstanding stuff. Travis Head is expected to replace former Australian ODI skipper Aaron Finch in the national starting 11 after earning a nice little recall ahead of next year's World Cup. Tuesday, Cricket Australia announced squads for next week's bilateral ODI series against England and this summer's two-test series against West Indies. Alex Carey retained the wicket-keeping gloves in both squads. For the first time in nearly 24 months, Australia unveiled a full-strength ODI squad with every player available for selection following their failed T20 World Cup campaign. It's all about redemption now for the boys in the white ball. And who better than to get back on the horse, a successful horse, and that is beat England. Mm. Yes, absolutely. After 
Well, um, well, they didn't really knock us out, England, did they? But they didn't help our chances of getting through to the semi. So a little bit of redemption coming up in the 50-over stuff would be nice. Uh, what's your interest levels compared to the T20 World Cup to the one-day internationals? I'm still on board more so with the ODIs. I don't know what it is. I mean, oh, really? obviously, right back in the day, ODI was king. Uh, yeah. We're talking, and we've spoken about this, Michael Bevan errors, etc. But... Um, yeah, look, I've still got more of an interest in the ODIs than the T20U. I like both, but I'd probably be leaning more towards the 50-over stuff as well. I understand there's a there's a bit of a lull between sort of overs 20 and 35, uh, and then they get, get moving again. But yeah, I still like, enjoy the intrigue of a 50-over of a game. There's so much T20 cricket that um, you can get bored of it. A little bit. Um, I do like the the swings and changes in T20 cricket. Like the, the game can change in two or three deliveries. But yeah, um, red ball first for me, and then probably fifty over stuff, and then T20. That's my order. I did see some uh, some commentary last night on social media as well. And it, look, sometimes social media, in particular Twitter, can be a good gauge of what people are thinking. And I felt like the overwhelming response in terms of T20 cricket was domestic level, good, big bash. There's a bit of interest, particularly with the strikers. Really solid fan base here, but international T20, yeah, it's a little bit on the nose. Mm. It is a little bit. Unless we win the World Cup, obviously, then it's the pinnacle of world sport. (laughs) Now that we're not in it, it's, ah, well, it doesn't really matter. A bit of uh, Glenn Maxwell about it. Oh, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to change the result. Let's just move on to something else. Yep. Uh, There's text. Uh, Morning, boys. Dave here. Morning to you, Dave. Uh, some big calls with the Socceroos squad. However, go Craigie, go. Because of his wand of a left foot slash set pieces, they might use him v France to get early balls into the box as he won't be looking to dominate possession. It's a very good text. Love it. Our resident it. football uh, expert, Adam Cooney, what do you think? My thoughts, exactly. Yeah, they are vulnerable down that, particularly down that left side, the French. So uh, look out. Mm. Uh, this text, Andrew, sad to see you go. That's nice. Adam, welcome aboard. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm aboard for another couple of days, at the very <laughs> least. Uh, all right, we'll speak about Craig Randall after 7 o'clock. We're going to hear from his coach, CJ Bruton. Uh, messy little break up there for the two. Life after Ash Barty continues though for Australians women's tennis with Ayla Tomlanovic, helping Australia power past Slovakia at the Billie Jean King Cup finals. Victories in both singles from Tomlanovic. And surprises, uh, surprise captains pick Storm Sanders ensures Australia enters Thursday's second final Greek Group B clash with Belgium in Glasgow. Scotland knowing it will reach the semi-finals if it wins that tie. Australian captain Alicia Mollick ignored the rankings when she picked Sanders for the all-important number two singles role ahead of teammate Priscilla Hon. Uh, Sanders responded by knocking off Victoria Kuzmova 6-4-6-3 to set up the Aussies' win. So there you go. Looking pretty good in terms of the tennis. Women are doing some strong stuff. It's what they call a coaching masterclass there. And you're picking the, your player by feel rather than by form. So, yes. well done. Mm. And that's what CJ Bruton's is going to be doing now for his next pickup. He's picking by <laughs> yes, feel more it. so than purely looking at the stats sheet because try that with Craig Randall. Didn't work. Dynamics and the strength uh, and that team camaraderie just wasn't there. Yeah, so um, yeah, so the next uh, port of call is obviously Kyrie Irving to, to galvanise this 36ers group and take them to glory. Yeah. And Brett might suggest that as well. So look, Kyrie Irving right now is available. Uh, there could be a solid price tag on his head, but still, technically, he's available. 
He'd have to take a small pay cut, you'd think, to come and play for the 36ers, Kyrie. About 20 to $25 million. Yeah, a small pay cut. But um, look, if he wants to get himself out on the court, well, then you've just got to start somewhere, don't you? Um, but uh, look, Craig Randall, it's an interesting situation. CJ Bruton's going to take us through it next. Uh, keep the text coming through, 0427-154-166. Thanks to SCN's uh, relationship with Mourn Team. We love Mourn Team, mm-hmm. the guys there. Uh, in particular, Where's that Raptor? Mourn Team Ranger? Ford Mount Barker for the V6 Ranger. That's going to take at least a couple of days to get to your house as well, um, given the fact that it's only sort of idling on or about 30 or 40 kilometres an hour. It's running as fast as Kane uh, goes. So, um, but it's Mount like Barker is closer. To Melbourne. It's mm. closer to my house, Mount Barker. It's probably 40 minutes closer than, than Adelaide, so it's not too far for someone to drop it off, surely. Should it have been there by now? Is that what you're saying? Would have thought that we could have rocked up by now with the big Mourn Teams sign down the side of the Ranger, which is what you roll through, isn't well, it? Well, well, a bit of a surprise for you, Adam Kearney. A <laughs> bit of a surprise for you. We want you to go outside and check out the front of your driveway <laughs> right now. <laughs> surprise. Uh, it's your car that you're leaving. <laughs> yeah. 703 on 1629 SNSA is the news. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Yes, the text line is available and open, so get involved. 0427 154 Powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. Good morning to you, Adam Cooney. It's six past seven. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Always efficient <laughs> with words and answers. That's the sort of gold you get sometimes on this breakfast show. Yeah. Uh, we had Adam Cooney's uh, starting 11 for the World Cup, the Soccer World Cup, Socceroo squad. So, um, look, we'll try and whip something together and get that involved via social media and you can interact because who would have thought just another string to your bow, isn't it? You're also a world game expert. Love that. Yeah, I do it all. I've spent uh, hours crafting that starting 11, and I think will be for game one. And by hours, I mean I had a look at that tweet from Daniel Garb that you mentioned a couple of minutes Wait, did earlier. Did you just replay it? <laughs> you just, just rattle read, off Garb's just, tweet. <laughs> I just read out his tweet. With, I claimed well, it I as your own. For, I swapped Leckie for Craig Goodwin. That was my only change. <laughs> Oh, jeez. You know what, though? That's very clever of you. We just sort of, I Thank mentioned you. Garby's tweet early. You went to it and then threw you under the bus, tried to, and you just relayed Garby's information. <laughs> Some would say fraud. I would say opportunist. Yes, it was opportunistic. Luckily, I had it in front of me when you tried to throw me under the bus, and then I drove that bus all the way home. Oh, that's the kind of uh, elite goodness you get from Adam Kearney. A monkey doesn't let go of a branch until he's got a hold of another one. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that, I'm like, was I half asleep? Did we talk about that at six o'clock on the dot yes. yesterday morning? You were definitely half asleep. No, it was about quarter past eight, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been awake. By then. I had a couple of coffees. Must have been battling. Yeah, well, you really come good from Wednesday onwards. We know that. 
Um, Craig Randall will my day. not be at the 36ers anymore. He's exact whereabouts right now. I'm not really sure if he's left the country yet. But um, so Bullshit. untenable with CJ Bruton and the 36ers. Let's hear from CJ. This was uh, him being his best to be diplomatic about the situation. Where, the, where we're at right now um, as a club, and I know it's early days uh, in, the, in the season, of trying to make sure that as a team, uh, building momentum, going in the right direction, and for what Craig's been able to showcase and do so far, I think it's just mutual respect of you saw what he did for us in this franchise already. Um, he is one of the leading scorers and, and a talented player, and I think it's best if we just part ways at this point in time of the season so that he can go fulfil his goals and dreams and we can continue on our pathway. There you go. That was very professionally said from CJ because mm. I, wonder, yeah. I wonder if this was a few years back... <laughs> And you had Joey Wright in this situation. Joey's very open and honest. He would have had a probably a different, a different analysis of the situation. <laughs> yeah, things could have got a a bit more explosive, I think, in the press conference. So CJ, he was very very diplomatic, and uh, <laughs> I did like the little end point there. He can continue on now with his hopes and dreams and aspirations yes. somewhere else. <laughs> we don't care where. Just go and dream somewhere else, Craig. Yes, you can go somewhere else. You just can't stay here. Um, here's CJ on his relationship uh, directly with Randall. Being honest, I, the kid is the kid is great. We all know he's talented, um, and we all got our things that we need to work on. And I think for every player, every human being. Uh, I like to think that between me and him that we, we, we were, we're at peace of where we're both at. And finally on why that uh, Randall was eventually sacked. It's always a, a number of things. You never, you never go off one thing. And if you give everyone, you look at everyone's heart and what you, you got to try and make it work. For me as a coach and like anyone that's got a new family member or you adopt someone or as an organisation, you got to welcome everyone with open arms and you got to respect everyone for who they are and understand how you join the dots and how everyone plays their role. It's a big move for the 36ers. Um, and, geez, I like it. it. It says that CJ is saying this is how we play. This is how important it is for the team aspect. And if you can't fit into these uh, goals and everything that we're trying to achieve off the court, which, of course, will stem on the court, then you can't play here no matter how well you're going. I think it's a nice big move. It sends a big, solid statement. Spot on. doesn't matter how good you are as an individual. You always have to fit into that team structure. And even in the NBA, which is a, quite an individual sport within a team sport, you still got to have your, your guys that are strong around you to help out. And uh, ultimately, the, the best team generally wins the championship. So unless you're uh, LeBron James playing for the Miami Heat. <laughs> yeah. Or some of those Cavs sides that he dragged to the NBA Finals. Yeah, although, yeah, you're right. He did get bailed out a couple of times. By, uh, I think Ray Allen bailed him out once yep. with that big three. I think Dwayne Wade used to go, all right, Chris Bosh. Dwayne Bosch. Wade as well. Chris Bosh was pretty solid. solid. Play too. Did no. you see that Chris Bosh is still getting paid fortnightly yeah. from, I think from Miami? He has yeah. like, he's getting four, I think four or five hundred thousand dollars every fortnight since he retired. Yeah, it's good, solid, guaranteed money, the NBA. So he signed this outrageously big contract and then uh, couldn't play because he was getting blood clots. So he basically retired prematurely, Chris Bosch. Not ideal. Um, but yeah, there's some outrageous stories about some of these American athletes who are still getting paid, like Bobby Benilla Day. Do you know about Bobby Benilla Day? Excuse me? So Bobby no, Benilla Day. he's still getting paid. He's still getting paid. It's someone who played baseball for the New York Mets. 
Um, so in short, I think, and I might be a little bit vague with the details, but instead of signing a one-year, almost $6 million contract, they said, well, we can't do that for the books right now, so we're going to pay you $1.1 million or whatever it is for the next like couple of decades. So he's been retired from baseball for a fair while now, and they call it, I think it's the 1st or 2nd of July, uh, every year they call it Bobby Vanilla Day, where he gets paid $1.1 <laughs> or $1.2 million every year by the Mets for, new, for doing That's nothing. A, that is a nice little superannuation package. Mm, Bobby Shout. So, yeah, yeah um, Chris Bosch was getting an unbelievable amount of money, but I think he's, it was like 160 fortnightly payments of yeah over half a million dollars. So oh, I think good. he just received his last one. So he's got to go, go back to that 9 to 5 grind now. <laughs> he's got to go back. Um, all right, finally, uh, just on the Craig Randall situation, let's hear from Corey Williams, of course, former uh, NBL MVP, very prominent voice. Love the way he goes about it. Here's what I'm going to say about Craig Randall II. To Craig Randall II, it's disappointing. I reached out to you and spoke to you. I had your back. And to see your body language continue, to see you arguing with the head coach that believed in you, several coaches, your teammates, nobody wants to play with you. It can't be them. At some point, if 10 people saying, it's you, it's you, it's you, you're a hooper, you're not a pro. There's a difference. Unprofessionalism is what you lack. That's what's going to hurt you more than help you. So that went for 34 seconds. I don't think you could sum up the situation any better. Hmm. Yeah, spot on. And he is a, a strong voice, a strong opinion of the NBL, and he follows it very, very closely. And his opinion carries some weight because he is a former MVP of the league, homicide. So, yeah, spot on too. You can't be seen to be arguing with the coach and walking away. And CJ's trying to grab his arm at one stage and pull him back to finish a conversation. And it's just not a good look. And um, he's a hooper. He's not a pro. And mm. he summed it up pretty well. Big difference. Uh, some would say he's just a little boy. He's not a man. They were talking about you back mm. in the day. You've progressed Absolutely. since then. Some still say that about mm. me. <laughs> I haven't grown up. Uh, text line heading in a different direction as well from Dracos. He said, Adam, you should grab Andrew's SEN Christmas party invite. Remember, no invite for you last year. <laughs> <laughs> not only last year. I've been here six years and <laughs> haven't been invited to the Christmas party yet. Yeah. And they usually give out the, the hams, at the, the big Bataki hams at the end of, of the year to all the talent on air. And never have I received a ham. I've had to resort yes. to stealing others. That's a Melbourne years. thing. A ham. They would get it's hams Christmas over ham. there, would they? Yeah. What do we get, Fritz, in Adelaide? Oh, don't get anything. Get a punch Christmas, in the eye. Christmas Fritz. Christmas <laughs> Fritz. <laughs> punch in the eye and a kick <laughs> up the ass. Get a black eye. Um, yeah, so look, you're due for a Christmas party. By the way, I'm still going to the Christmas party. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. There'll be a bouncer at the door <laughs> with, with your photo what? up at the door saying, do not let this Nova character in. Oh, great. So that's two places now, Le Sing and whichever place the SEN Christmas party is going to be at this year where I'm not allowed entry at. <laughs> so you're still, you're still banned from last year with your duet with Miles oh, Spitzner? Yeah. Still very much banned. Absolutely blacklisted. Uh, one person who is more than welcome to go to La Singh and is there every second weekend is Michelangelo Rucci. Um, we'll find out what Rucci's go-to song at La Singh is next and we'll take more of your texts. So 427 154 What do you reckon it would be? be oh, probably something Luciano Pavarotti, I reckon. <laughs> something strong. A bit of opera. <laughs> something really opera strong. Yeah. Discover a better it's way to build. Weeks homes, discover different. Top of 32 across Adelaide today. There could be a couple of showers and a thunderstorm a little bit later on. An entire retailer. 
Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. We've been speaking a lot about Craig Randall II this morning and his departure from the Adelaide 36ers. We spoke to Brett Maher first thing this morning, so we're going to replay that chat uh, just after 7.30. Party Time now, though, to speak to one of the absolute greats, Michelangelo Rucci. Very generous with his time. He speaks to us each and every morning. Of course, you can catch him, more importantly, uh, on the drive home from 3 o'clock with his mate, Kim Dillon. Good morning to you, Rooch. Good morning, Andrew. Adam, how are you all? Yeah, going very well, thanks. Before we get well, stuck into things, um, we need to ask a very, very important question. Your go-to karaoke song when we Hitler sing at uh, the Christmas party this year, please? Uh, a song that has no lyrics. Any song that has no lyrics. Ah, okay. Something from Beethoven, so, is it? So you're, so you're a dancer. So, yeah, that will do it. That will do it. You don't want me singing. Yes, yes, we do. No. <laughs> No. It's what we need. After a couple of shots of Sam Booker. No, look, look, if opera singers can shatter glass, I can destroy eardrums. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Hey, Roots, uh, Magic Round is all but locked in. Are you ready? I, I'm, I'm prepped. Yes, I'm prepped. I've, I've, got, I've got everything packed away in my little picnic bag so I can cope with nine games in one round. It'll be interesting how it plays out. It'll be interesting how South Australians embrace it. Um, and also it will be interesting as we're learning how everyone else around it, like the Sample community footy, also work around it because it has to be a festival of football, as it's being called, a festival of football. Mm. How do you, in short, how does this help Australian rules football, if the whole idea was to promote it in areas where it needs extra attention, yeah, how does point. it help the AFL by coming to South Australia when we are obsessed with AFL? Well, at best, what we're learning about it is it's going to make every AFL club half a million dollars richer. And there'll be a lot of cash in it. There's no doubt about that. Now, whether it's around that just you know, adds a bit of verve back into... Those the spectator numbers. I mean, we still have, and we're noting it with the cricket as well, we still have an era where fans are not quite coming back to venues. So is, is this going to be the thing that breaks what COVID did, where it just made people stay at home and watch this sport on television screens? That might be, might be the thing. So rather than promote Australian football, it might just promote coming back to the footy. It might be the moment for it. It's not going to help overall attendance, though, is it, Roach? I mean, if we have a round where possibly three or four games only get less than 5,000 people to them. Oh, I would think there are going to be a lot of games where the attendance will be less than the average at the home grounds of the two participating teams. I, mean, I just keep thinking, if you've got Fremantle v Gold Coast, that's not going to get anywhere near what it would get in Perth or even what it would get at Metricon Stadium. So... It's it's still around that hasn't been well explained by the AFL as to why we're doing it, and particularly at a time when many of us are saying, do we do we really want to go to an extra round when we seem to already fatigued by what we've got? So, the money seems to speak a lot of languages, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, players will be happy because they'll get an extra um, boost to their coffers as well and play that extra game and uh, in replace of a pre-season game, which actually won't be replaced because they'll have to have at least two matches leading into exactly. around one season anyway, exactly. so it doesn't make much sense. How does it affect uh, Angela McLaughlin? Sorry, Angela McLaughlin's famous line that, you know, well, you know, the last pre-season game is treated so seriously, we might as well make it for premiership points. Well, what does he think now the second last pre-season <laughs> game, which now becomes the last pre-season game, is going to be all about? Right, it's just the most Yeah, because yeah, now they'll start yeah, taking well, that why, seriously. Why they'll they, turn that into a game. I mean, it's a 100-round well, season, Rick. <laughs> yeah, why don't they just say it as it is? The South Australian government has thrown them a lot of money, um, and it's taken them away from what was originally a plan to just boost the promotion of football in Sydney. Now, more concerning with that is, uh, still is in my mind that if, if we're running away from the NRL when this was planned in Sydney, we, we haven't advanced the cause in New South Wales at all in 50 years then, have we? And I would have thought after all the problems the NRL's having in the past week, maybe we should have gone and taken them on in their own backyard. Yeah, exactly. Missed yeah. opportunity, possibly. Perhaps. Mm. Uh, the Sandfall, how does it affect them, Roach, do you think in this magic round, will they have to adjust and play games at different venues? Do they just get forgotten about? Where do they, Where does it leave them? Well, what are the options there? Do they just take the weekend off? They'll have to do something like that, wouldn't they? Um, well, you're going to have nine, nine games in your own backyard. Um, saturation AFL... Is it, is it best for them to have the weekend off? I mean, I wouldn't. I, I don't even know what the plan is this year for, or next year rather, for a state game. But if there was, you know, if there was time for a state game, or whether it was uh, against Victoria at Victoria or against yeah, WA, you're going to be, you'll be drowned out by all this AFL. And the other one is, what what does community footy do at a time when the AFL needs fans to be involved? Uh, you're probably asking community footy to take the weekend off as well. So we're talking about. Um, the weekend uh, after April 9. So it's it's early April. It's an interesting question. Is it just, you just need everyone else to say, look, you're having the weekend off so we can make sure the fans are just going to AFL games. Yeah, it's a big call, isn't it? It's a big move. Mm. No, there's mm. still a lot of questions to be answered. But one thing we do know is that an event that was Sydney's to lose has been one by the South Australian government by putting a lot of money on the table. So um, unless you're um, dealing with the Richmond Football Club in an AFLW semi-final, well, it's always going to be money speaks out and wins on where you're going to play games. Yep. Roach, appreciate your time each and every morning. We love having you on. We'll speak to you again, hopefully tomorrow. Look forward to it. Yep. And... Um, See if you can get to the bottom of uh, Mr. Randall's exit from the 36ers. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot going on there. In fact, uh, we spoke to Brett Maher earlier this morning. We're going to uh, hear from him again just after 7.30. But, um, look, big moves at the Adelaide 36ers, which is which is good. You like to see it because what that says is, that, look, if you want to come into that setup, you've got to be a team first player, which is great. Mm, this could galvanise the group and lead them to glory. Indeed. That's my prediction. Absolutely, and you're a man who knows a lot about how to copy other men's work and call it your own. <laughs> uh, plagiarism was the key to success. The key to success. Did you? You did exams, didn't you? You did your high school exams. No, I didn't. 
I oh. went to the spring carnival when my high school exams were on. So you skipped your, what's it called down here, TER? Uh, I think it was TER. Uh, I, I don't even know what it was called. You didn't even do then. your exams. I did not do. I did not participate in my exams. I think I only did three subjects in year twelve because I was going to spread it out over the two years. If I didn't get drafted, I was going to do the other couple of subjects and finish it off. But no, I missed out on my three exams um, to go to the spring carnival. So you didn't get a high school certificate. You didn't graduate. No, no, I didn't, and I've got no regrets. So technically, uh, you're a high school dropout. <laughs> Yes. Well, well, I sort of finished. I didn't get invited to the high school formal either. Um, really? Which was a bit disappointing. I think you had to obviously finish to get invited to the that makes sense. To the end of season. End of season. <laughs> the end of year formal. <laughs> the end of season ball. Oh, there you go. Interesting. We're learning as we go here. Good stuff. I might go back and finish my um, education. You should, mate. There's a famous Simpsons episode about this, I reckon. Stems from uh, Homer not graduating high school back in the day. So there's a lesson yeah. to be learned. Goes back to college. It goes mm. to clown college at some stage too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Very well educated. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. It's 7.30, top of 32 across Adelaide today. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than that man. It's up 32 degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be hot again before there's a few showers this afternoon with a possible thunderstorm. Adam Kearney is in. Big show still to come as well. We caught up with Michael Angelo Rucci just before. Uh, so coming up as well, we're going to speak to Matt Doldig from The Sample. He's going to take us through all the things that are happening as the sample prepares for another season next year. And potentially, we'll throw a couple of questions about him in regards to Magic Round, because what we're hearing is that is all but locked. Um, and some strong words from Michael Angelo Rucci just before, just in terms of what it all means. And he just sort of starts to wonder whether it is a little bit of a cash grab or if it is for the greater good and the development of the game. I think it's for the first uh, choice, but that's okay. We'll take it. It's in our backyard. More footy. Yes, please. Well, I get the feeling that, that Roach isn't um, 100% um, enthusiastic about <laughs> Magic Round. <laughs> yeah. It's fair to say he's not buying into some of the magic that's being spun at the moment. Uh, oh, it's a, Look, it's a, it's a cash grab. There's no doubt about that. But um, it also could be an opportunity to, to grow the game uh, and then get it going in a traditional football state and then in future years try and move it to New South Wales and then grow participation and uh, bums on seats and all that sort of stuff down the track. But get it off to a successful start. They know that South Australians love their footy. People are going to go to the games and they can make some money off the back of that. Outstanding. Uh, as uh, Hayley Kearney jumps into the room, uh, delivers you, what, some breakfast? Did you just get some breakfast just, from Hayley? Just a couple of little English muffins from my English muffin. You just, uh, you don't deserve <laughs> such a princess, do you? I don't deserve anyone, but <laughs> here we are. Here we are somehow. <laughs> somehow you beat the system. <laughs> Once again, uh, it's like reading one of, plagiarising one of Garby's tweets. <laughs> Uh, we heard from uh, Brett Maher earlier on the show, so we're going to um, replay that little chat because we had a really, really good, insightful conversation uh, on his part, anyway, from uh, the Craig Randall situation with the 36ers. So we'll hear from Brett Maher again in the next couple of minutes. Before that, let's jump into the newsroom. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire power, saved during the big holiday sale on now. 
Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Hey, just a quick one. Show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas. For only $5 money raised, we go towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. The Adelaide 36ers uh, are on the fever break. So the last game was against the Wildcats. I lost by five points. And since then, some big, big things have happened, including Craig Randall II. He is no longer part of the Adelaide 36ers. Um, after both sides mutually, as they reported, parted ways. But uh, in short, it's because there's some difficulties happening behind the scenes. So we were lucky enough to chat with Brett Maher earlier this morning, who gave us a great insight into what's happening and just how important a move like this was. Um, so here's a bit of a snippet of Brett Maher earlier this morning. Murray, good morning to you, mate. Yeah, good morning, guys. Jeez, um, uh, big stuff happening at the 36ers, to say the least. Yeah, really big news coming out. I think um, if they were going to do it, now's the perfect time uh, to release anyone. I'll be surprised if he's not the only one around the NBL to go. I know there was probably a few other imports that were maybe just hanging on to their jobs or not. So, um, as you guys mentioned in the lead-in, um, yeah, there was definitely some visual signs at games and murmurs coming out of trainings that things weren't 100%. So... It's not a, a massive surprise, but someone of his calibre um, and what he was able to do in that game in Phoenix and in some of the games here, um, he can certainly pile on a lot of points. And um, for me, it was an exciting player to watch. Um, when you've got someone of that kind of Steph Curry range, then um, they're always exciting. So, mate, is, is this a, how would you describe this move from the 36ers? Because uh, for what it's worth, I've looked at a lot of the comments on social media and people saying, you know, you've got to make it work with someone this talented. Is it a good, solid move from the 36ers on your behalf? Well, I don't think, I don't think that's right. I think if, it, if it's messing with the chemistry of the team, uh, the team's overall goal is obviously to be successful. And anyone knows in business or sport, if... If someone's not really rowing in the same direction as everyone else, then it can really affect uh, how well that team goes, no matter how talented the player or team is. So if they were having some um, serious connection issues, then I think it's definitely the right move. Um, And now it's probably the decision of when do they put a replacement in. I thought I really liked the look of the team. Two games ago when they played in Illawarra when... Craig Randall wasn't there. Uh, their ball movement was excellent. You got really good production out of DJ, which is key, uh, and Robert Frankson. Also got guys like Sunday Detch, uh, Anthony Drimmick, Kai Soto into the rotation a little bit more, which I think has been uh, at times a little bit lacking as well. So I thought that'll look really good. So I reckon they'll have a fair bit of time to be able to just sit down, work with that group, and and eventually bring in a replacement towards the latter half of the season uh, and make a really hard charge for the finals. So, yeah, you mentioned, Murray, that you like the look of, uh, of the side with, with Craig Randall not there. You think it can be really productive. But uh, is, it, is it early in the season to, to pull the trigger on, on such a talented import? Or would you have made the same decision or would you have worked longer to try and get him into that team environment? Because, if, I mean, if it did click, it's one of the more talented rosters that we've seen certainly for the 36ers, but in the NBL for a long time. And um, could it hurt them down the track? Well, possibly. I mean, a lot of people have been saying, oh, this is the most talented three imports that they've ever seen together in one team. And um, potentially it is. But, 
Yeah, I, I don't think it's too early. I think um, they've had a fair bit of time as far as pre-season, going over to America, uh, coming back. Uh, they've played, uh, what are they now, seven games in. So um, I think they would have seen a lot of signs as to where it was heading. And yeah, if those signs aren't right, I, I think it's a really good time to make that call because it does give you plenty of time to find a replacement and uh, and get them in and get them settled. And there's some pretty good players at this time of year out and about and on the market. A lot has been said about Jalen Adams, who was the MVP of the league last year that played at Sydney. Uh, he's available. Kyrie Irving's available. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> going to be uh, playing all that time soon. So, um, yeah, there's always great players that pop up. So I, I think... Um, We'll be able to get someone to replace him, but um, yeah, he's certainly a, a huge talent. Though. So it's a similar type, uh, like for like player that uh, an import um, that is going to replace Craig Randall, in your opinion. Well, I'm not sure, really. I was thinking about this um, last night, and uh, I, I really think uh, if we bring in a point guard, then that really stifles Mitch McCarron, and a couple of the other guys can slot into that spot as well. I would rather see someone that's kind of a combo guard that can play a little bit of one but um, mainly plays in the two because at times we still need scoring um, I think that sort of player would fit well to get big four men um, power forwards they're, they're typically difficult to get really good ones and, and normally cost a lot more whereas there's obviously a lot more of those smaller off guards floating around um, so I would think that's the sort of player they'll look at, but uh, I honestly haven't spoken to CJ about that, so it'd be interesting to see what they're thinking. Is this is this an unusual situation, or how often does stuff like this happen, maybe even sort of behind the scenes, where we don't know about it as much because it isn't someone as talented as Craig Randall? Like, Is, there, is it unusual to have issues with imports? I think it happens all the time, um, and that's the thing. It's such a high-pressure environment, especially for the imports. So I, I feel sorry for them at times because um, anytime anything goes wrong, they're the first ones to get scrutinised and looked at. And um, yeah, typically they are on a little bit more money and uh, and that as well. But uh, it's a really tough lifestyle to be an import in. Uh, in the NBL or in any league, I, I went and played uh, in Europe as an import, and uh, I know what it's like. It, it's pretty tough, and um, especially when you you don't have your family surrounds typically, and uh, it's a alien environment. Um, it is very tough for those guys. So um, yeah, I feel for them. So we we can't blame the 36ers form purely on one man. What have you noticed in the first sort of month of the season? Obviously a hugely successful trip in the US, maybe a touch jet lag when they got back. Uh, what what have you noticed about their side that isn't clicking at the moment? I think that's a really good point um, because, yeah, a lot of people have, will just label it and, and make Craig Randall the scapegoat, but... There's a lot of guys that have been very up and down in their form. I think defensively, uh, and even speaking with CJ and the coaching staff about this, they know they've got a lot to do at the defensive end to make them competitive. Um, They need to try and get the intensity and their rotations as good as teams that are really clicking at the moment, like New Zealand and Tasmania are playing some 
really, really good basketball and good to watch basketball. Um, and at the offensive end as well, they're, they've got to get the ball through hands a lot more, get more people involved. You go, you look at someone like Daniel Johnson, who's been our leading scorer for the last decade, pretty much, and he has 28 points one game, and then he has four shots and two or four points the next game. It's really up and down. There's not a lot of consistency. Uh, at times, the offense looks really stagnant. Not a lot of ball movement, not a, not a lot of player movement. So uh, the good thing is they've got a lot to work on and a lot of upside, and, and we all know how much talent they've got. So I think, um, yeah, they're, they're in really good shape. And, uh, yeah, I think for the rest of the season, they, it's all up. Would you go as far as saying that they're disgracing the signature, the famous signature on the Brett Maher court at the moment? <laughs> Really, what, what I've found really cool this season, and it hasn't happened before, is that not only the 36ers, but all teams are really struggling to win at home. And as we know, to make uh, most teams um, well-supported, you normally have to be winning, because everyone loves a winner. You get more people coming to games, and, um, yeah, it's been unbelievable to me. I think it's partially to do with COVID, and teams are used to travelling and there's also been such a turnover of players it seems I don't think they've had a lot of teams have had a lot of time to build that hometown feel and get that hometown um, uh, fortress that they a lot of teams typically have had at home and um, yeah I'd really like to see Adelaide string some really good games together at home and in saying that we've had some great crowds as well we just had our biggest ever home crowd for a 36ers game at 9,071 at the last game. So, uh, yeah, I'd really encourage people to get out because this team is um, fun to watch and uh, I think they'll just keep getting better. And there we go. Brett Maher joining this morning uh, a little bit earlier. So catch up with that via the podcast. If you do have a thought on the Craig Randall situation as well, please get in touch. 0427 154 166. Uh, we'll turn our attention next to the Adelaide Strikers and the WBBL. We're going to speak to Deandra Dotton and then catch up with Matt Doldig from the sample just after 8 o'clock. It's 7.51 on 1629 SENSA, top of 32 across Adelaide today. Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. I'm looking at you. 7.56 on 16.29 SENSA. The Adelaide Strikers are on fire in WBBL. Got a big game coming up against the uh, Hurricanes. That's on Karen Rol- Rolton Oval on Friday. Time to speak now to one of their absolute stars. Uh, and we've been looking forward to uh, speaking to Deandra Dotton for quite a while now. Deandra, good morning to you. Good morning to you. How are you going? And congratulations with the form you guys are putting are playing some really, really good fo- uh, cricket. Um, I'm doing fine, thanks. And yeah, we are... Um, well, first of all, as well, Deandra, can you take us through your time with the Adelaide Strikers? Of course, you've been at a couple of other franchises. You've been at Perth and you've been at Brisbane. Um, how are you settling in Adelaide? Um, I'm I'm doing very well in Adelaide. Um, I've been loving it here so far. Um, the girls are awesome. I actually feel a lot comfortable, you know. So I'm, I'm really good at the moment. Very, very good win over Perth. Uh, must be uh, give the confidence uh, a good shot in the arm when Gemma Barsby gets uh, two wickets in the first over to get you off to a good start. 
Yeah, it's always good to get two two wickets in in the over, in in the first over, also in the power play. Um, especially um, two of those main straight batters at the moment that were pretty good, pretty much in form. And Beth Mooney actually came in out coming off of um, 99 Nuttall the day before. Uh, so it's really good to to get her early. Jamal um, is excellent. Um, yeah, so really good to have uh, a win. Um, two from two from Perth, you know, and two. And also um, um, a win on the Melbourne Stars as well. Um, I think that once we continue on this, winning path and be consistent, then we'll be definitely unstoppable in this tournament. Absolutely. Uh, the consistency is the key. And uh, I, I suppose from here as well, Deanna, um, sitting second on the table, um, expectations will be really high for this season, starting to pan out really nicely. Yeah, it will be, to, to be honest, yeah. What makes this group so special? It uh, looks like a cohesive unit. Does everyone must be getting along really well? What makes this group different and you think the potential for success compared to some of the other teams that you've been involved in? Um, to be honest, um, we we enjoy each other's success. You know, uh, we encourage each other. Um, even when players down, we like pat it on the back, you know, and tell them that everything's going to be okay. There's always a next game, you know. Um, I think that We've gelled and and bond very well as as a group of ladies, you know. So I, I definitely think that it's a like um, how I should say a mix up of different personalities, you know, in in, in the squad. Um, I mean, like they're not like all big international names, you know, but they all serve their own purpose and we, we do the job well. So I think that that's, that's, that's the main thing there that, that's keeping us going. Uh, the mix is going beautifully well, Deandra. So we um, appreciate your time this morning. You guys are going so well and we're looking forward to you having a big impact um, ahead of the uh, WBBL final. So congratulations on your form. Hopefully we get to check in with you again really soon. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much and you enjoy your day. Thank you very much. Deandra Dotton from the Adelaide Strikers joining us this morning, taking on the Hurricanes at Karen Rodden Oval on Friday. Um, geez, they're playing some very, very good cricket. So expectations now. When uh, any sort of sports team in Adelaide gives us a bit of a sniff like that, then we expect them to win it all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, only a championship uh, from here on in. And she's seeing them reasonably well too, uh, Deandra. 68 yep. or 51 with a strike rate of 133. On the weekend is pretty handy. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's catch up with Matt Doldig from the Sample. Next, uh, still plenty of time to take a call from you as well, all the way up until 8.30, We'll do it this morning. Thanks to our mates at Weeks. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes, discover different. Uh, shout out as well to the good folks at Morn Team. Morn Team forward Mount Barker. That's where you're going to find the V6 Ranger and Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas. It's bang on 8 o'clock. It's news time. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than that I'm looking at you. I'm Three minutes past eight o'clock, top of 32 across Adelaide today. Text line is nice and busy, so you can get involved. 0427 154 166. It's been a big show. We spoke to Michelangelo Rucci a little bit earlier on. We had a great chat with Brett Maher as well uh, earlier on in the program. So make sure that you uh, jump onto the podcast and give that a little bit of a listen. Uh, time now to catch up with one of the chiefs of the sample. That is Matt Doldig. We'll get him up as soon as we can. 
Uh, in the meantime, Adam Cooney is here and he is absolutely on fire. I think you were just off in the background doing a couple of <laughs> push-ups. Now he's back. Can you just try and wait till after we finish off air before you frantically get into your fitness? I know you're, you're a keen bean, but come on, mate. <laughs> uh, my core needed some working. And when Worst my core does. needs working, it works. Yeah. All right. Uh, a lot of text coming through. Some uh, interesting feedback as well. Um, a lot of it negative. That's okay. Appreciate the feedback nonetheless. Matt Doldig from the sample joins us. Uh, Matty, I don't have the text in in front of us. Yeah. What's, surely it's all positive. I'll send them to you. Don't worry, they're d- directly um, towards me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's all right. <laughs> that's, that's fine. It's completely fine. They, no, might even be, they might even be from you. Matty Doldig <laughs> joins us. G'day, Matty. <clears throat> hey, Zeke. How are you? Yeah, going very well. Thanks, mates. Um, first of all, mate, uh, in terms of the magic round, can we talk about that? And if this thing does happen in South Australia... Uh, from your perspective as well, um, a footy fan in general, does that sit well with you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Footy fan, first and foremost, have uh, nine games of AFL on your doorstep. Um, how good is that? But then, obviously, from a from a sandfall and from a footy industry perspective, it would be a, a well a magic weekend. Obviously, um, getting a lot of games of footy at Adelaide Oval and then being able to take them out to the suburbs and potentially regional areas as well. Um, yeah, it's something that we're really excited about and. Hopefully, uh, well, maybe some stage this week, we hear some good news. So in terms of the sample grounds, would it be multiple sample grounds that you think that there'd be A4 games at or probably just the one? Uh, yeah, look, one or two, I think. Yeah, we don't have all the finer details. I think you'd be able to manage five or six games through Adelaide Oval. So you're probably looking at two or three games where you're looking to feel from a, a regional or suburban perspective. So... I know the AFL, state government, and us, we're still working through all the um, logistics at each oval, um, each sample oval, and a number of regional ovals as well, just to make sure they can make the right decision um, so that the players get, obviously, the best service and facilities they can outside of playing at Adelaide Oval, but also that we can get as many people into those grounds and experience um, AFL footy close up. So, Matty, is it business as usual? Um, will the, the sample round go ahead as per usual, even if there's sort of two or three um, of those stadiums that are taken up with AFL games? Will you look to um, have a weekend off, possibly? What are the what's in the pipeline? Yeah, uh, we would actually look to have a weekend off. Um, so happy to let you know that. And the, the sample fans, what we want to really do is make this a celebration of footy across the whole weekend and allow everyone to attend. Not only the games, but what the, the vision would be is there's a lot of activities happening around it. So there's conferences, there's seminars, there's festival activities like we're seeing now with, with the World Cup in town. So we'll give everyone the opportunity to experience that by having a, having some footy off on that, that weekend um, and potentially talking to um, community leagues as well to do the same. So everyone can experience what would be a, a fantastic weekend of footy. So um, in terms of the standard, is every do you have to get ticked off to be AFL ready, all the sample grounds? And if so, are they all ready to potentially host a game? Yeah, you do need to get ticked off. But for all of our grounds and any really ground outside of your major venues, you'd need to bump in some infrastructure. So each of them are at a certain level, 60 70 80%. Um, say at Norwood, for example, they're, they're almost ready to go. Um, what we need to bring in there is probably some more infrastructure to support radio, TV um, and that sort of area. Um, compared to a uh, West Adelaide, for example, we might need to bring in some more marquees and infrastructure to house players and umpires and, 
um, and officials. So they're all at different levels, um, but there we can easily bring them up to scratch with different sorts of infrastructure. What would be your your number one pick to to showcase the, the Sandful grounds for an AFL game? There probably wouldn't have been a, a lot of AFL players that have run out uh, with the potential of, of running into a brick wall uh, during a game. It's, is Norwood <laughs> the one for you? <laughs> Norwood ticks a few boxes. The brick wall is probably one that it doesn't. Um, look, they've got they've just invested in LED, great lighting. Um, you get right up close at, at Norwood Oval. Look, the, the, the brick wall is a bit of an obstacle to work through, but um, we have been playing some, some good quality footy there for, for over 100 years, so hopefully we can manage. But then you've got the like the two um, far ends of the state, with Elizabeth and South Adelaide, nice big ovals, MCG size, fit lots of people in there. Both got really good facilities, um, so you could see them playing a part potentially, um, taking it to the northern or southern suburbs. Uh, so, yeah, Diggers looks like we'll, we'll wait and see what happens in the next couple of days, but everything points to the fact that we're going to be able to host a Magic Round, which is very, very exciting. Um, to move on to some other matters as well, the National Inclusion Carnival is currently being held at the Barossa Valley. Can you take us through that? Yeah, one of the one of the really good carnivals and the really good things that we do, being able to provide um, opportunities for um, those with intellectual disability. Um so they kicked off on Saturday with a bit of a round robin. Now the South Aussies, we went through that day undefeated. So that was just sort of setting your, where you sit in the um, pool games. Uh, unfortunately, the Vicks knocked us off on, on Monday. Um, but we played WA and Tassie today. Who um, We win both of those. We'll get ourselves a spot in the grand final, probably against Victoria. But um, outside of the footy, it's just really... Um, it warms the soul a little bit going up there, watching these guys play. Um, they just love representing their state and their families, um, being able to play Aussie rules. Yeah, well done. Terrific initiative, that is. Uh, there's been a change or some changes to some zoning uh, in terms of some of the Sandful clubs. Can you take us through that? How, what's the large region that West Adelaide have got now? Yeah, so we, do, we review our boundaries where Sandful clubs can recruit from every sort of five years in line with the national census. And um, it's, it's usually a pretty challenging process to go with. No clubs like to lose any ground and they all want to pick up ground so we generally end up with eight disgruntled clubs but um, we did some major some major changes this year which was uh, which was again challenging to work through but we've moved the Murray Bridge region from the Sturt Footy Club across to West Adelaide um, nice. so that's a really good pick up pick up for West Adelaide you're on Mob Coons um, so they're really really happy with that and, and look from a Sturt perspective they're okay they would have loved to keep it but um, they have the hills so uh, Mount Barker um, in the eastern suburb, which is just growing significantly year on year. So they're in a really good position themselves. Um, just to jump back on the Magic Round just for a second, uh, and you might have sort of touched on this, but in terms of sample football and maybe even some of the, the amateurs, etc., how could you see, what sort of competition could you see happening on that particular weekend? Or would it be almost like a buy for the entire competition except for the AFL to showcase it all? Yeah, look, that, that's something we'll work through in the next couple of weeks if it, if it gets announced that we would look to have a, a footy-free weekend from a community perspective. There'd obviously need to be a few games take place, like the Sample W and a few competitions that are already well, well underway so that they don't finish too late. But ideally, um, we'll have Sample, Sample footy off, Metro footy potentially, um, and then even our regional leagues, just so that they can all come in take the weekend off their own footy and enjoy everything that's going to go with the nine AFL games, obviously being able to attend. 
but also all of that other stuff that um, the state government and the AFL will be putting on around the city. So we think that's really important to um, making sure that the, the whole state's supporting the, the weekend. Uh, draft coming up, Matty. Have you run over your projections about how many potential players could be coming out of the Sandfall and the under-18s to be drafted? Uh, yes, always risky to do that. But, um, look, we're pretty confident that um, a number of SA boys are going to um, live their childhood dreams in the next few weeks. Um, so, look, it sounds like there's going to be a smaller number of draftees this year um, from what we're hearing from the AFL and AFL clubs. So that means there'll be obviously less draftees. But we usually sit around 15 to 20% of the whole pool. So there were some really young kids uh, heading off to AFL clubs by the end of November. Hey, uh, before we let you go as well, Diggers, we've, uh, we've poached one of your boys and got him on inside the SCNSA ranks, and that is uh, Rory Lehman. Um, because we thought we'd just go for the best-looking bloke in the sample and get him on board here at SCNSA. Um, any heads up, anything we should know about Rory before he starts his employment here? <laughs> Clearly with that, um, that uh, how you pick him, my, my phone still hasn't come through yet, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that, that's why, uh, that's why we got Robbo as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe I'm third in line. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, he's, a, he's a good man, Rory. It's good to get him back in. He snuck back over the border to Victoria, but... Um, he knew where it was better, so he's come back pretty quickly, which is good, and uh, hopefully he can keep playing some sample footy. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, appreciate your time this morning. It's all happening, and um, like you said, hopefully we get some good news South Australian Magic Round over the next couple of days. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Matty Doldig from the Sample joining us this morning. So, look, it feels like it's all but locked in, Magic Round, and so now we wait for an announcement, and then we wait and see how uh, the big dogs behind the scenes, and uh, one of them is Matt Doldig and Darren Chandler, Work it all in so it all fits. But um, look, we're going to get a bit of a footy feast possibly early next year. We've got an AFL footy feast. It looks like and sounds like that all the Sandfall will have the, the week off and maybe community footy as well. So that would mean more people going to games, even the neutral fans. If there's if you're not having to play on the Saturday afternoon, then you're probably going to go and sneak off and, and watch an AFL game or two. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'll be doing. I'll be seeing as, uh, see if I can get as many games in as possible on a weekend. Um, all right, 14 minutes past 8 o'clock. Back next to wrap it all up. Keep those texts coming through. Some good ones. I reckon you'll like one of them in particular. Uh, Coons 0427-154-166. Top of 32 across Adelaide today. We are doing it, of course, thanks to our good mates at Lumo Energy SA. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. 0427154166. Uh, this text from Glenn. Hi, guys. Magic Round should have, have some AFL games played in regional centres like Victor Harbour, Port Lincoln and Barossa, which would sell out and they could play a sample game as a curtain raiser, which not might be liked by sample clubs, but would be great exposure for the sample. Um, look, that's a that's a great idea from Glenn. Um, and all those things will be nutted out over the next couple of days when Magic Round is confirmed, but... Yeah, I mean, the punters out in some of those regional centres would love to see that. I agree. And how good does a facility need to be for the AFL players to come down and play one game? I mean, surely if they've got a decent warm-up area, some good showers, half-decent toilets for a pre-game poo, mm-hmm. then you should be right. That's that's all they need, isn't it? They can bring oh, sure. their own tucker if they want, their own drinks. They can bring their, you know, get the caterers in. But surely if they've got 
you know, so decent warm-up area. If the the deck is in reasonably good condition, then uh, you don't need first-class facilities just to play one game, surely. I, I think it's more so some of the facilities that you need for uh, a telecast to happen, etc. So, like, extended benches. I know the Gold Coast have got to be actually a certain height. So a lot of the sample clubs, and most of them are ticked off now, but when they would host some of these pre-season clashes, they had to get new goalposts, et cetera, and extend the benches out to make sure that everything could fit. Um, so that would probably be one of the issues with the country clubs. Couple of, put a couple of chairs next to the benches. <laughs> okay. These are all Problem good solved. ideas. These are all good, some, solid you, ideas. You go down to Bunnings, and you get some PVC pipe, and then you just put it in the ground and mm. that can extend the goalposts out as well yeah. like I've done in my backyard you get some star pickets put them in the ground then you put the PVC pipe over the top Bob's your uncle <laughs> Bob's your uncle there you go it's a Robert's quick, your dad's brother <laughs> it's a quick easy solution from Adam Kearney gosh you've got so many feathers in that cap it's ridiculous handyman <laughs> now, let me well. get don't get me started on that starting 11 from the Socceroos soccer World expert <laughs> Uh, this text, g'day lads, I hope for the new radio station Hazy's going to as a, is a music station so he doesn't have to talk so much bullshit as he does on his NSA. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky good. for him, it is a music station. Yeah, and he's, from what I hear, there's a bit of a, um, a what is it, a, a less, less workload than what is required at SCN at the moment. I believe it's uh, reduced hours. Where you can just stop sort of talking nonsense and just punch straight into a song. You think you know, I'm like pretty that. without any makeup on. Sit back for three and a half minutes and just enjoy the tune. Now that's the stuff that gets the ratings going. Mm. A little bit of K corn in the morning. A little bit of K corn. Always does. All right. Um, let's punch into some ads instead uh, and stop talking so much BS and come back and wrap it all up. How does that sound? In the, good to me. In the meantime, can you compile some more some more expert analysis of the world game? Yes, I'll do that. I'll uh, work out who's going to win. Uh, Brazil. All right, great. Uh, 23 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. Top of 32 degrees. Pen. <laughs> There's going to be a couple of showers and a couple of thunderstorms potentially a little bit later on. Um, stay tuned. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Uh, it's been a big show. It's been a really big show. Spoke to Matty Dolding from the Sample just before. That was a really nice chat. We uh, caught up with Michelangelo Rucci, which was good fun as well. Of course, Brett Maher joined us nice and early to talk all things Craig Randall. And there's a lot happening with the 36ers. Uh, and we also chatted to Deandra Dotton as well from the Adelaide Strikers, WBBL. So one of the biggest shows that we've done, um, Coons. And look, you've just been magnificent throughout this whole morning and somehow you keep on doing it no doubt you'll do it all again tomorrow one of the largest shows in SENSA history I believe mm, just ridiculous stuff top 10 maybe. Uh, what is on for the rest of the day for you well Haley's working and she's just texted me a list of jobs that she wants me to complete I've got to fill in a pond with dirt I need to put an insurance claim in I need to get some fake grass clean out the pig trough some car insurance is due recycling shoes at Rebel Sport buy some new shoes put some stuff on the bonfire find more plants to uh, put in uh, on our hill God I'm sorry I asked I just thought <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like just going to say work. I thought you were just going to say you were going to the gym Anyway, yeah, well, I won't even. I won't have time to do that. There you go. We'll stick around uh, because uh, wait, these up in just you a couple of seconds. Time. 
Absolutely, yes, unless it starts raining. So round two, laying the base. That's what we do. Look like that old lady from something about Mary. <laughs> yeah, just real leathery. Uh, catch you bright and early tomorrow morning, Coons. All the best. We can't wait. Goodbye. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.